Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. Our test is in the stands. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna oh, freeze. Wait. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Another episode, Points in the Paint podcast, presented by Stadium. Stadium's number one NBA podcast. Ben Wittenstein. Of course, I am Zach Badger House, always in the house. Wittenstein was good, Chief. Doing well. I'm uh, I'm a little cautiously optimistic about this NBA final, Uh-oh. Zach. It's one-to-one. It is. I'm hoping it goes seven. And Me too. We're both hoping Obviously. it goes seven yep. for our predictions, but... I'm excited that it's one-to-one because that just means the series, at least, is fairly close. And we're not seeing any blowouts or anything like that in terms of series. Yeah, that's true. We're not seeing, like, a sweep. Yeah, it don't look like like that. that. Like, they, like, Boston is down 2-0 or anything like that. So, that's that's very, very good. That's very good. I want this series to go 7 we got people in the office talking about going five, like the like the Warriors are going to go out, go out and win four in a row after they lost that game one, which I'm sorry, folks, and we'll get into that later. But, <laughs> yeah, I do hope it goes seven, like I said before, and I'm, I'm rooting for Tatum for finals MVP, but he got to step there it up. There you go. He does have to step it up. I have uh... – I have something to talk about for yeah. that for the dunk and deny <laughs> segment. But yeah, no, everything else is good, so that's good. So we're excited. Got NBA basketball. Yep. Weather's been good. Been watching basketball with the windows open, sun shining. You know, it's good. It's a good yeah, feeling. It's better than watching basketball when it's like freezing cold and snowing and you're inside and it's dark. It's a fun way to watch basketball. Even if you got like you got devices, tablets, laptops, you know what I'm saying, sit on your porch, yeah. oh. good Wi Fi connection, go watch the bar. game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying go to the bar, whatever the case may be, right? So, you know, so I'm glad that the finals are here and we got them. I'm saying game three is going to be soon. I'm rooting for Boston to hopefully take that because there's going to be a lot of pressure in my opinion, Ben. I don't know how you feel, but I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this next game because it's going to determine what happens for game four because whoever wins game three, the, the person, the team that loses, they almost have to win game four like yeah. they have to because yeah. you don't want to go down 3-1 in this series no you, you really don't and that's it's you know game five everyone talks about being the crucial game but yep. can't overlook game three game three Especially you got a new change of venue mm-hmm. when it's tied 1-1 like this this is really really big and this will most likely I mean the statistics show this will most likely determine who's going to win the series probably whoever wins a game like this now the Celtics can win this game, and I think the Warriors have a better chance to probably win this series than most other teams if they're down 2-1 to one because they can win game four, they can go back home for yep. game five, and, and they have a huge advantage at home. So it's not the end-all, be-all if the Celtics win. If the Warriors win, I'm going to be a little bit more worried for the Celtics than I would. Yeah. 
especially with game three, if the Warriors were to win a game, it just applies so much pressure on Boston. I mean, the pressure is going to flip either way for either team because right now going into the third game of this series, the pressure obviously is on the Warriors. Yeah. But if they somehow take care of business in that game three, well, then game four, obviously that is going to shift right over to Boston. Like you have to secure one of these games at home before going back to Golden State. Otherwise, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble, and it may look like a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. So right. I'm hoping, if anything, push come to shove, Boston can put that pressure on Golden State for that game four and see what they're made of. Because yeah, people say time and time again that you know this team has been there before, but I want to see what they got. Well, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Points Paints. Yep. We're all over Twitter. We're all over YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, get the full show. You can see our shining faces yes, all over sir. YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, leave us a comment. Whatever you may do. Oh, we also have that phone line if you want to give us a call, 773 273 9088. Let's do the one big thing, though. One big thing of the week. Just one thing. One thing. Mm. Um, and I talked about how the series, Zach, won't be a blowout, but games have been less than exciting, and it's followed the same type of pattern that we've seen from the entire NBA playoffs which is not really close games. You're not getting opportunities for a buzzer beater. You're not really getting clutch moments that we're so used to in the playoffs. I just I, – I'm done with the blowouts. I'm done with them. I, I want these games to be close. And we saw a comeback from the Celtics in game one, mm-hmm. which was exciting, but the last like three to four minutes, you kind of knew who was going to win that game. There wasn't really much question. Game two, blowout from the Warriors – Game three through seven, I need close games. I need some excitement. I need to see, you know, a Steph buzzer beater opportunity. I need to see a Jason Tatum buzzer beater opportunity. I I want that excitement because what the hell are we doing here if the playoffs and the finals aren't exciting or close? Well, for the – I will say this at least. The first game – I mean, I was satisfied with how it transpired. The first game was fun. It was fun. I was happy Boston won. They got the dub. And – that game in game one, it looked like it was going to be in the Warriors' favor, though. So, like, you, you got to look at the game in bits and pieces in terms of the breakdown. Game one, at least, it was close. It was in the Warriors' favor at first. They had a tremendous third quarter, like they always do. Always do. Fourth quarter came in that game one. 40-16 was the, was, the, uh, was the score in that fourth quarter in favor of the Boston Celtics. So, and then you fast forward game two, right? You look at game two. It was like tied at halftime. Yeah. So it wasn't like game. it was a blowout or anything throughout the entire game. No, you're right. The Cel- the Celtics just let the game get away from them in the second half, specifically again in the third quarter. So the, we all know if you watch basketball, if you follow the Golden State Warriors, third quarter is their bread and butter. They get after it in the third quarter coming out of that locker room and into the second half. And so when you have that from them, the Golden State Warriors – that's something you have to keep in mind if you're Udoka when you go into that halftime making those making those adjustments. Yeah, I just I want these second halves to be more exciting. The first halves are usually close. They're yeah, fun. Yeah, they were close and tight. There's teams going on runs. You know, it's it's fun basketball. But then you get to the second half and one of the two teams starts taking over, which can be exciting, I guess, because you kind of just see this team go on a run and they just shoot the lights out. But what do we have to do to get a fun fourth quarter? Here? Well, what do we have to do? The role players on each team definitely got to step it up. Um, they stepped up in game one for the Celtics, you know, because I obviously Al Horford, Derek White, you know, so they did their thing, what they were supposed to do. Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. He was doing his thing. Then you look at game two, those same three players, I think they only combined for like 16 points yeah. or something like that. So it was very poor shooting from them. But I'm going to tell you why, in my opinion, why I believe the Celtics 
lost the game in game two. And a lot of people obviously probably expected the Warriors to win that game two after, after falling after falling that game one. I'll give you a little scenario. In game two, Ben, the Golden State Warriors and how it transpired with them, I feel like the Celtics with Tatum and Brown, bro, they missed and combined 11 bunnies. So it's like six easy opportunities from Jason Tatum, five easy opportunities from Jalen Brown. That's at least 22 points right there. And I think around like the four-minute mark when I noticed that, once I was counting like all the bunnies in that game too, it was like, okay, this game would be completely different if they made those shots. Because they were, what, 5 or 17, I believe, Brown was, and then Tatum shot what? He was shot very poorly from the field, too, and I wasn't happy with I wasn't impressed with that because of his plus minus, which I know you're going to get into that. Love a good plus minus. <laughs> so he was three for, yeah, he was three for 17 from the field in that last game. And so, like, those bunnies would have put them in a hole. Like, that game would have looked completely different. I think the Celtics would have only been down like eight points instead of like 30 points. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you look at the points in the paint, it's 40 to 24 in game two in favor of the Warriors. They outscored them by 16 points in the paint. The Warriors got more points in the paint. The yeah. Warriors. It should not, that absolutely should not be happening. And and you know with Boston, they play better when they attack. Yep. And that's that's not a secret. You know, everyone knows that. The Warriors know that. Celtics know that. And then sometimes when they're down like this and when they're struggling to come back, like that third quarter where the Warriors went on a run, they just start chalking up shots. Bad they take shots. bad shots. They take bad threes. They rush. I and saw. that's when you end up with a 14-point quarter. And that's when you end up with 24 points in the paint. You know, you need Brown to attack and kick it to Tatum. That's what I always say, too. You need Tatum to attack. You need both of those guys. They are at their best when they're running downhill. And they were not doing that in the third quarter. But what's funny, though, is that, like, I got to give Tatum a little credit because he balled in that first half in that last game, you know, game two, because he had, like, 21 and a half, and he was shooting that three ball very well. But, again, those bunnies, you go back and you look at his box score, he shot well from three, but then you go out and you look at the rest of the field goal percentage, it was brutal because he could not hit and knock down those bunnies. So it was, it was a struggle. Yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't great. It, it wasn't great from the Celtics. That second half was a completely different look than what they had um, in the first half. If we want to do prison time, though, <laughs> this, so this is going to be interesting for our prison time. Oh, yeah. Week. Right to jail. Because there's two people we're throwing in. One I'm completely fine with throwing in. But the other one, the first one that you want to throw in, I don't know if I could stand here well, and let you do that. We talked about this over the weekend, so I, you, you you understand at least where I'm coming from. I do. <laughs> you, I understand. Whether this. you agree with it or not, you at least understand where I'm coming from. And yeah, <laughs> go go ahead. Who you who you throwing in prison? This week we got to throw in Wardell, Stephen Curry, y'all. We got to do it. The greatest shooter ever. I've never won a bet gambling, sports gambling wise. Never won a bet with Wardell. Made threes over, never hit. Sell me every time. But that's neither here or there. We're not even talking about that. <laughs> what we are talking about, though, yeah. is when the last time you played basketball? Probably been like a year, huh? Cause uh, then I actually, yeah, it's been a year. So if I you want to expose me like that. Mm. So I went out Sunday mm-hmm. and played some afternoon ball with, some, with kids. I ain't going to say kids. Well, some of them were kids because they were younger than me. But between the ages of probably like 16 and 27, was probably around the age level, the age range for everybody on the court. So some some high school kids, junior seniors, a couple guys who are in college, whatever, neighborhood people, whatever. So we're playing in the midst of all these games. We play like six games going to like 21 being. Mm-hmm. 
when I tell you Steph ruined the game because everybody believes they can shoot the three-point. Three mm-hmm. Nobody moves. Everyone stands around the perimeter waiting to get the ball to tuck up a three. Mm-hmm. And then when you do, you miss. And then there's just poor shot. Bro, there's so much bad basketball <laughs> transpiring because of the likes of Wardell, Stephen Curry. And I ain't really too happy with it. Remember what we talk about all the time, that mid-range shot? Yeah. That's just oblivious. No one dikes mid-ranges anymore at the park. <laughs> it's just completely oblivious. Yeah, I, I don't know. I know you do see a lot of kids, and I'm the last when I played last year, uh, I got to get back in a basketball court. Are, are you still sore, by the way? I'm definitely yeah. still sore. I feel like I got hit by a Mack truck. And, you talking <laughs> about, and then, look, y'all, he talking about, I don't even feel bad for you because I told him life. I didn't stretch. I told him I didn't stretch the other night. You got to stretch. He's talking about, well, I don't feel bad for you being sore because you didn't stretch. So I just realized, though, you like you said, you turn 25 up, definitely that's, gotta do some stretching. That's immediate stretching time. That's, you wake up on your 25th birthday and you're like, I got to start stretching every day now or I'm going to be sore for the rest of my life. Yeah, so I got to do that. I got to do that next time. No, but I think that you look at a lot of the kids, or a lot of the people who play pickup, and it's a lot. It's just shooting. It's It's a lot of shooting. Now, I don't know if that's ruining the game. I don't know if there's people who would like. All right, they. I, I just don't think you're gonna you have like a, okay. a, a 16, 17 year old kid who goes to the park and is like, I am really good at mid range jumpers and just. But it like ain't gotta be that. Out. You just gotta figure the next Kobe. Like I'm gonna tell you what my daddy told me when I first picked up a basketball. Mm-hmm. He told me three words: find your shot, find your shot. You find your range. You find your shot. You know where you where you're comfortable at from being right underneath the basket to stepping out five feet, stepping out ten feet, etc. That's how you find your shot, you find your range, your ability to shoot the basketball. You don't start the game shooting threes trying to find out where it's at. <laughs> That's the problem. Now, I know some of you all out there who done played basketball with me in the past will sit here and say, well, Zach, I done seen you start the game shooting the three just to get it off, just to get it off, just to get it all set in stone into the game. That may be true. However, throughout the <laughs> flow of the entire game. You got you to gotta spread the court. You spread the court spread out the court. a little bit, get, get some space. cuts. I'm gonna get yeah. some mid range shots, shoot a little fade away. I'm, you know, I'm gonna spice it up a little bit. Go left, get my little left hand floater if I can get it off. I got one off the other day too. It was pretty nice. <laughs> they, they was loving it, and I knocked a dude down. I felt kind of bad, but it was like you know, I'm saying we getting buckets out oh, here. No. So it was good. Oh, that's good. Listen, I I think the the interesting thing about Steph is now, and I think it's the Warriors, right? The 2015 2016 Warriors completely changed basketball and you look at the box scores and you could see that from a game in 2009 they took maybe maybe 15 20. to 23s yeah, like 20 is probably the max yeah. now they're making 23s and game. shooting like yeah. 50 yeah you're, you're getting teams <laughs> shooting 40 53s a game and you could we could debate all day long if that's good or bad for the game it, it almost depends on like preference right if you want to see more things if you want to see more threes, if you want to see like higher scoring games, my biggest thing is like score the ball. If it, like score the ball the best way that you can, and that may not always be a three. You know what I'm saying? Like we've all we've always talked about it's okay to pump fake and take one two steps in just to get the defense off balance. Right. If you do that, you may even get it. You may set up someone else. And we see that from time to time again in basketball too, where a guy may fake fake drive kick, and now we got a different three or maybe a, a more open look. You know what I mean? And so 
I don't know, Ben. Wardell, man, he just got every kid at the park or every mid-20-year-old at the park thinking he he's Steph Curry and just shoot from anywhere. And I just don't appreciate it. Can we get some flow into this offense when we setting up running <laughs> this? You know what I'm saying? That's all I want. I just want a couple passes. You want less trees. Yeah, right. <laughs> you you want to get into the flow of the offense, flow of the game. Yeah, we, we might get a backdoor layup or something. I'm, I'm just saying. We at the yeah. park. You feel me? You need the mid-2000 Spurs to come back and be popular once again. Uh, we're throwing one more person in prison. Yeah. And who are we throwing? Colin Cowherd. Got Ooh. to. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was trending. It's his time. And he was trending on Twitter, you know what I'm saying, this week. And for all the wrong reasons, yeah. he out here calling out. This is what he said originally. He said that Draymond Green, and we know he's from the SAG, you know what I'm saying, Saginaw Pride, we all know that. It's important. But Colin Cowherd, he said that Draymond Green has made his teammates better more than Russell Westbrook and John Wall. I didn't even want to touch the Westbrook because he's already received enough bash all, all season. You don't, want to, you don't season. want to top on? So I just left Russell alone. All but right. when he said John Wall, that's when I was like, all right, hold on. You got to stop the brakes here. Yeah. Because John Wall done got players paid. I'm talking Otto Porter Jr. They got $100 million. Would you have ever paid Gortat? No, you ever you you've never you would have no. never paid Gortat. No. John Wall got Gortat paid, got Bradley Beal paid. Yeah. Like he put that team in position in that little small run that they had when they were going to the to the uh, playoffs in the East when yeah. he was on the Washington Wizards. John Wall, it's Man. an insane thing to say. It's so crazy because his career average nineteen to nine. Yeah, career average is nineteen to nine and nine assists, bro. There's probably only like seven. Point guards of all time that average nine assists. He had three seasons in a row double digit assists. 2014, 2015, 2016, he averaged 10, 10.2, 10.7 assists. Make it make sense. I mean, the man obviously shares the ball. I don't know. That, <laughs> the John Wall thing makes no sense to me. That's a, that's a wild take to have. It is. John Wall obviously made his teammates better. He made his team better in general. Russ. I don't want to bash him, but I can see <laughs> there are certainly times Russell Westbrook does not make his teammates better nor his team better. But John Wall, I that I cannot stand by while someone says that about John Wall. That's yeah, an insane thing to say. You know what I'm saying? Look, he got 30-year-old Trevor Reza, $80 million, and he's been in the league since. Yeah. Well, Trevor Reza probably should have been retired. He's been in the league because yeah, he, he can catch and shoot that three ball because good point guards, great point guards like John Wall yep. in this NBA, which I need him to get back out there on the floor, even yeah. if he got to get traded from Houston, whatever the case may be. He's back. He's healthy. I know he's ready to play. Houston got to do whatever they got to do. But I know John Wall has made his teammates better and has put that Washington Wizards team when he was there in position to be in the playoffs. He had a great playoff run that one season where I think they either they made the Eastern Conference Finals or all were pretty close to making the Eastern Conference Finals mm-hmm. the Washington Wizards under the realm of John Wall. So yep. we got to throw Colin Coward in prison because he out here yeah. shaming folks he shouldn't be shaming. That's an insane thing to say about John Wall. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Let's do Dunker tonight. And, Zach, I don't have uh, a dunk. I'm not dunking with anything this week, but I do have two denies. You do got two denies. Two denies. And one of them is the same as yours, so okay. we can talk about that one. But the first person I want to deny is Jason Tatum. Uh-oh. Specifically, Jason Tatum is playing the second half. Mm. And we talked about how well he is, how well he played half. in the first half. Yep. He's a pretty good player in the first half. He really gets things going. His shot going, assists. He gets everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Second half comes around, and he just becomes a different player. A very different player. He only scores five and a half points in the second half in two games in the finals, shooting 16%. That's terrible. His net rating is minus 14. 
His defensive rating, and you know, a good defensive rating for a player, you know, 101 through 105, 106, that's a really good defender. 118 in the second half. He His defense is non-existent in the second half of games in the finals this year. His second half net rating is minus 20. He doesn't shoot well. His usage goes down. He moves the ball a little bit better in the second half, but that's really the only positive stat for Jason Tatum. I don't know what it is, and I don't know why he's playing worse in the second half. Maybe that shoulder injury starts hurting him a little bit more because we see him wincing up and down the court, especially in the first half of game two. We saw him hurting. So maybe the injury just starts affecting him more in the second half, but he needs to have better second halves if the Celtics want to have any chance at winning this finals. You think he puts too much out there in terms of his performance in the first half? So he goes all out in the first half and he's kind of – struggles a little bit in the second half. You think that maybe he, he's putting too much into the first half and he's not necessarily pacing himself? Yeah, it might be because, I mean, he's shooting like high 30s, low 40s in the first half. His assist numbers are good. His his shot numbers and his shot quality is good. Mm-hmm. He rebounds the ball really well. And as someone who bet his rebound prop in game two, <laughs> he got five rebounds in the first half. He got one in the second half. What was his total rebound? Six, Six and, and, a half. and a half. I knew it, that hook. Captain he Hook every I got, time. Got killed by the hook. <laughs> but it's things like that where he's just not as aggressive, not as involved. Mm. I don't know what it is in the second half with Tatum in the finals, but, man, he needs to play better. A full, complete game is he what you He needs to saying. play, yes, 100%. Okay. Well, with Jalen Brown, I think I – because think in that same breath, it's like – Sometimes Jalen Brown, I don't know, Jalen Brown is like quarter to quarter. It ain't even half at half. Yeah, he'll have like spurts. Like, because Jalen Brown, he'll have like a great second quarter, third quarter be okay. He might do something well in the first quarter. Fourth quarter, he kind of, he might disappear in the fourth. So I think with Tatum and Brown, I think both of them try to not be on each other. You know what I'm saying? Like not try to take take nothing from each other in terms of the offense and, and uh you know what I'm saying wanting to make sure they both get theirs. I think that's I think that may be play a role into it sometimes, but that can also hurt them because I feel like sometimes you might have to just say, "All right, bro, hold on, I got this one real quick. Let yeah. me take over this quarter. Let me do what we got to do so we can win this game." And it might even include distributing the basketball. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the thing is, though, with that, they've played with each other long enough that they should really know when to let the other take over. Yep. I mean, Zach Levine and Demar Derozan pretty much figure that out towards the end of the season and they DeMar, played together the for a year yeah <laughs> DeMar Zach's you got like, the fourth go. he's hot let's do it and then when DeMar wasn't hitting and Zach kind of felt it DeMar's like here you go Zach that's your quarter so and they've only been together a year Jalen Brown and Tatum have been together multiple years so at this point they should really know when to facilitate to each other and if the Celtics want to have any chance of winning game three if they want to have any chance of winning the finals in general Tatum's going to be the guy that needs to step up in the second half. He yes. cannot score five and a half points a game in the second half. He no, cannot right. shoot 16%. You're right. You know, he needs to step up in the second half. It's great that he's having first half, good first halves, but the second half is when he needs to shine. That's, you know, superstars come out in the second half of NBA Finals games. It needs to be the Jason Tatum half. <sighs> Wardell. <laughs> <laughs> All the way back to Steph. All right, what are you dunking on? I am dunking on the people and the fact that we are watching the NBA. Look at that. We watching the NBA it. Finals. The TV ratings are up, people. They are the highest they have ever been. 
throughout the course of the last three years. And we obviously know why that is and what played a role in that. You know what I'm saying? You look at it. We had a pandemic year, the bubble, you know what I'm saying? Now, maybe had not as much viewership back then. Yeah. You, then the next year, we were kind of limping into that next season. And now we fast forward, and now here we are. And everyone's tuned in to lock in to see Wardell versus Tatum. Yeah, I'm never going to. Step versus, versus Tatum. It's yeah. Wardell versus Tatum. Yeah, Wardell versus Tatum. You know, I, I don't really like calling Steph Steph sometimes. When he when he on my bad side, he get the full get name, the name treat me like I'm his daddy or something. So Wardell. But um, I am happy overall that, you know what I'm saying, everybody's watching NBA Finals. Because yeah. a lot of people feel like uh, once – you know the NBA season is so long. People always yeah. say that. You know what I'm saying? It drags. It drags. So I'm glad we can still stay and be with the NBA Finals and still be watching. So I'm proud of that. Yeah, you got two trademark teams, Celtics and the, and the Warriors. Everyone knows those two teams. Yeah. So the NBA did get lucky with, you know, namesake teams. Everyone everyone knows the Warriors. Everyone knows Steph. Not as many people know Jason Tatum, but he's still a popular name. And everyone knows, knows the Celtics. So it's it's great for the NBA. They, no, they got the sure. two markets that they obviously – wanted and mm-hmm. you know it's not la and new york or la and chicago but i mean boston pretty big deal Boston's pretty big historic and nba historic, franchise yeah 100 100 all right let's go to deny because we're both denying the same guy yes in draymond green yes because i want to talk about draymond go ahead because i have issues with draymond you have issues with draymond i do and the guy <laughs> is just annoying he's annoying the guy needs to start playing basketball just play basketball just hoop. draymond just hoop that's just all. play. Stop just, kicking Just get 10 people. points. Like, just get 10. I just want 10 points. You know what I'm saying? That's all I want. I just want the 10. Yeah. Not he, 8, 9, 5. <laughs> not two flagrant fouls. Can he make it through a game without a technical? Is my, can, he, can he stop just irritating flagrant players? <laughs> this is not like a starter on an NBA Finals team activity. This is, you know, you're coming off the bench. If you want to be a guy that irritates the other team, you're going to be coming off the bench. Like, that's going to be your role. If that's what you want your role to be is like force the other team to get frustrated, be the emotional guy on the court. That's fine, but you're you're a can't seventh eighth if you man. Play. Yeah, you, but you can't be that if you're getting forty minutes a game. No. You don't need to be doing all that. No, play <laughs> basketball, Draymond. Try to score. Try to you know he plays defense in spurts sometimes. It well, he's a defensive like, player. Well, I under, you know, no, this is de- not not in the past. Like he's <laughs> he's been a good defensive player in the past, but there's times where he looks like he's sometimes checked out. And he'll turn the ball over. He, his head – I don't know where his head is sometimes. He'll, he'll make some really stupid passes That's the funny thing about it, like, with Draymond, because if it's bad, it's loud. And if it's good, yeah, it's yeah, loud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, his impact on the game, either whether it's good or bad, it's going to be there. Like, you're going to be able to see it. It's going to be emphasized without question. Yeah, like, I mean, at his best, he's a really good player. Really good player. And there's a reason he gets the awards and people talk about him. But man, worse. Uh, <laughs> at his worst, he's making really stupid passes. He's getting himself in technical trouble, technical foul trouble, foul trouble too. Man, like get just, your just legs play. off Jalen Brown's neck, bro. Like, come on, man, what you doing? Like, I had to really explain that to somebody the other night. Like, bro, y'all are really serious? Like, this, this is not okay right here. Then there was another play in the game, Ben, where, like, Steph had a three. But prior to the three, Draymond, like, Set another set of screen, and he like pushed his way to another guy, then pushed his way to another guy. And the next thing you know, Steph is wide open for three. He didn't push like three dudes. So I had to sit there and go back and forth with some of my friends about that, too. Like, bro, y'all ready for the series? Hey, this is like, okay, this is not okay basketball no. at all. No, he, he's he's like the class clown where like it, it's it's entertaining sometimes, it's mm-hmm. fun, but it's like, dude, we're, we're taking a test. 
Like, we're taking a test now. This is not the time <laughs> to be, like, trying to make people laugh or trying to get a reaction out of people. This is – got to be serious here. And yeah. he just seemingly doesn't understand it. It's very bizarre. It, his, it's not – this is not the time to be doing those antics. Yeah, and his impact on the game is too big for him to be out of yes. the – you know what I'm saying, out of the game and in, in street clothes because you suspended because I think he's, yeah. like, two flagrant fouls away from being suspended. Yeah. And you've been suspended one game in the finals before. So we don't need that energy – if you're the Warriors or a Warriors fan moving forward in this series. I am begging, begging the officials to call him for a oh, second man. technical. I I ain't rooting for it, but I ain't going to shy away from it either. Like, all right, they, they, if you're doing a little too much, bro, you might have to sit down. Do it. Yes. Bro. Like, Someone, they need to do it because he, he gets one technical <laughs> – and then he gets away with murder because the officials don't want to throw him out of the game. The NBA doesn't want him thrown out of a game. You don't want to be throwing someone no, out of an NBA Finals game. game. Yeah, that's true. But man, sometimes you're just like you're pushing the button. He's poking the bear a little bit yeah. too much. A little too much. So not prison yet. We're not throwing Draymond in prison. NBA no, prison not yet. yet. But we gonna have a warrant out if he continues <laughs> this up, though. <laughs> He's got surveillance on him right now. Is what we're saying. Word on the street. What, what's going on in the NBA? And now word on the street. Word on the street. Yeah, we're no, on the I like street. this segment. You do. What's so, going on that's non-finals uh, appropriate? Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Your favorite team, the Utah Jazz. My favorite team? <laughs> Yo, they're suddenly my favorite team? My the, favorite team? No, the Utah, I'm the white guy, so the Utah Jazz <laughs> is, is my favorite team over the here. Utah, hey, that is that team. Ain't really, that city, you saw it's Salt Lake, they, the state of Utah itself. Yeah. It, it ain't very diverse, I will say that. <laughs> and their fan base doesn't look diverse either. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. But... You know, they, uh, Quinn Snyder, head coach, he stepped down. He did. He stepped down. I, I wonder how much it was because he wanted to step down or the Jazz were like, yeah, I feel like we're going to make a change here. But I feel like the complete opposite. I feel like he was like, yeah, this is getting old. Like, this is yeah. getting old. We're not going anywhere. I don't think under Quinn Snyder they ever reached the Western Conference Finals. I'll say that again. Under Quinn. And remember. Well, they uh, – the, the bubble. Bubble what? Uh, how far did they go in the bubble? Probably semis. That sounds like five years ago, too. That's, <laughs> time just makes no sense. But, yes, they, they, it was, he was running it back with the same thing. Yeah, Every running year. it back with the same thing. It became a, probably repetitive for the players. And mm-hmm. he said, he came out and he said, you know, he just felt like that team needed a new voice, which I think that's going to yeah. break open a lot of stories this summer for how this team was during the season and everything of that nature. And we've seen this movie before. Yeah. You want to know why? Why? Because the simple fact that once a coach leaves, and it now Donovan Mitchell has the green light to ask for a trade. Yeah, he does. we've seen this movie. He, he wants out. He has the green light to do, he he has the green light to do that. Yeah, he he wants out. Um, but you're right. No, they've made the the conference semifinals. Was That's it. yeah, it was the conference semifinals. The bubble they lost to the Nuggets first round. But Donovan clearly he wants to be away from Rudy. He needs to get away from Rudy. So one of them, one of them's gone. Two passes a game, not assists. No, just two passes. Remember, yeah. and they, they can say they can say kumbaya, everything's good and everything's great between the two. It's not true. It's not true. It's not true, and we it hasn't been it. true since COVID. Well, yeah, we and we we see, we've seen it. Like we we see it. We watch the games. You notice it. We see the stats. You only passing the ball to the seven foot man with eight with eleven feet eleven feet wingspan. Might Absolutely as well have. Insane. And he's just not getting a ball from you. No alley oops. No nothing like that. That shows a lot. That tells a lot. You know what I mean? And so I even I even say this too for the Utah Jazz. And I don't know how to put this, but I know the Utah Jazz fans. Y'all gonna be in trouble because if y'all couldn't keep. 
white American Gordon Hayward on the roster <laughs> and keep him happy in Utah, I don't think they got a yeah, chance yeah, they're, they're keeping Donovan Mitchell on that roster on that team. Yeah. I'm just saying. Adson, that's a very good point. Yeah, one of, one of the two has got to go. So we'll, we'll have to see who they hire as a head coach. I know uh, – it's, it's going to be Danny Ainge who's going to be helping figure that out in Utah. So they're going to need some new players probably. They're going to need a whole blow a new up, coach. Huh? Yeah. Which, speaking of which, if we're going to do word on the street for that team, the Bulls have been linked to trading for Rudy Gobert, uh, for Vucevic, and probably Patrick Williams. I don't like that. You like that? I don't like it. No, I don't. I, and I don't mind trading Vooch and Patrick Williams because I'm not sold on either of them. I'm, I'm not sold on Pat Williams for sure. Vucevic is fine. You know what you're going to get with him. You're going to get average to below average defense. You're going to get some 20-point games, 20 and 10 games, but it's not going to be consistent. And he's probably really not going to help you out a ton and get into the finals. Patrick Williams not sold on. I don't think he's particularly that good. He's a, he's a fine defender at times. He shows spots of, of being good. And I understand he's only 20 years old. Going to be 21, but he needs to get some confidence. And I don't know if he's going to be able to get it in the next couple of years for the Bulls. So I don't really know what his ceiling is at this point. I'm fine with trading for a player that helps the Bulls win now. Mm-hmm. When DeRozan is near the end of his career, leans in the middle of his prime. You need players that help you win now, not in five years. So, <laughs> But Rudy Gobert is not it. So your thought process is like the L.A. Rams. So just like screw the picks. Yes, screw, screw the, picks. the picks. Win now. <laughs> you got Levine at 27. You got DeRozan in his early 30s. These are the best years you're going to get from these two players. Okay. Well, win now. Rudy Gobert, trading for him, I think, is the is not the way to go if you're the Chicago Bulls. Complete mm, no. wrong direction to I go. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. You don't get any you're not getting any you, offense. No. You need rebounding and defense. You do need rebounding and defense. And that's what defense. he helps with, but it's Rudy Gobert. Man. It's Rudy Gobert. It's going to be a lack of offense <laughs> well, for sure on your baby. team. You know little baby. Little baby boy. Not really aggressive on offense side of the ball. Ain't really got no offensive moves in the post, all that. He's more so a rim runner. Catch it at the rim. That's yep. it. Now, Vucevic, listen, Bulls fans, because I'll be hearing the smoke. I don't understand what y'all beef is with Nikola Vucevic, but it's fine. He's fine. He's fine. 18 and 10. Fine, though. 18 and 10 is fine. 18 and 11 is fine. Listen, he got a guard the likes of Giannis four times, Joel Embiid three to four times in the East. Like, that's that's tough. You know what I'm saying? It that's, is. That's tough. You need, I would love like a DeAndre Ayton. I think he would be the perfect fit yeah. for the Bulls, but they're not going to get DeAndre Ayton. Unless they sign him to some deal that the Suns aren't going to either sign and trade. See, or, I like that, though, because it'll probably make the Suns happy, too, in a sense, because they're going to I mean, get a player can, like get Vooch Vucevic, and Patrick Williams. Like, that's production for production. Different types of production, Yeah, but you still get it from both sides. So I would rather prefer that situation with DeAndre Ayton potentially coming to the Chicago Bulls over Rudy Gobert. I think that sounds a little better once you say it like that. 100%. If they can get Aiton, I would go all out. Get Aiton, give him Vooch, give him Pat Will, give him a draft pick. Fine, fine. Mm-hmm. Aiton's worth it. You get you have a lineup with Lonzo Ball, DeRozan, Levine, and Aiton as four of your five players. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's real solid. You throw yeah, Caruso like in there defensively at points. like that's, I.O. coming off. I you're like feeling it. good. And then you can actually have a chance against Embiid chance against Giannis because you're gonna have to go up against him at some point and then you're still gonna need a backup right you're still yes. gonna need a backup still gonna need depth I mean obviously they got it's Tristan Thompson Bryant. and uh 
He's a free agent. He'd be, he is? he'd be a nice backup. I didn't even know he was yeah, a free agent. Yeah, get, get, get Thomas Bryant. Yeah, I think he was coming off the bench later on after his injury, too, with the Wizards. So mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, he's a rim runner. Protect the rim, all he that. I like Thomas Bryant. Yeah. He'd be a really good backup for this Bulls. He's only 24 years old. Like, I, I think he would be a really good fit like um, for a team like the Chicago Bulls. So maybe they go after someone like him if they can get a really good center. Um, I think he's available. He's supposed to. Yeah, he's an unrestricted free agent. So. They can go after him if they like wanted that. to. Pick as the long phone as up, Bulls. Yeah. Pick the phone up. Thomas Bryant time. Um, it is, let's see, what else we got going on? Word in the street. Lakers, new coach, as we talked about. Yes. And he has official. a new staff. Yeah, he hired Rasheed Wallace on the staff, and that huh. created a whole lot of noise in the Twitter circles. Rasheed. I don't know if you saw it, but you know what position Rasheed Wallace played with, right? Oh, yeah. I, definitely too. I'm glad you said Old that teammate. too. Darvin Ham, Detroit Pistons with nah. Rasheed Wallace when they won the championship. Absolutely. But what position did Rasheed Wallace play? Uh, what did he usually play? Power forward. What position does Anthony Davis play? <laughs> Ooh, power <laughs> forward. <laughs> Interesting connection there. So there was just a, a lot of people saying they're going to feel bad and feel sorry for Anthony Davis for what he's going to be walking into. He's going to get bullied. Come training camp. Rasheed Wallace is going to bully Anthony Davis. Yeah, like I think he's, he's going gonna, to need it. Yeah, he, he's definitely going to need it. I believe he's going to put him in those correct positions he needs to be in yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. We all know what Anthony, can, Anthony Davis can do on defense. Day-to-day Davis got to first off, be healthy, be available. Second, engage offensively 15 feet in. 15 feet in, just engage yeah. in a, and be aggressive 15 feet in. We don't need you on the perimeter chugging up threes. We don't need that. We only need like maybe three attempts from you a game, maybe four. But AD shouldn't That's be shooting six attempts. No, 100%. He <laughs> needs to be inside. You got, you got, hopefully they'll get guys who can shoot threes in the offseason. That's they, true. They too. need him down low to, to do work. So. Man, I, it'll be interesting. This could be the greatest Rasheed Wallace movement ah! of his career. He could revamp Anthony Davis into a so. finals so. MVP type of player. And Ham, is is he high on Westbrook too, which I yeah. like. Yeah. I saw that. I like that. Look, you look at you. I knew you yeah. weren't going to be used on me on the fence I don't think anyone it. should be high on Russ no, Westbrook No, listen, I just believe, I like Ham said, he's still a talented player, still capable of doing a whole lot of things in this league. We just got to see. My biggest thing is, and you got to remember this too, we didn't get a full season with all the three of them healthy. Yeah. So we probably only got a, the small sample size we got with them three was probably at most, I'll probably say at most, 25 games, maybe. They maybe played 25 games together, all three of them. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's like, okay, they still got some room. They still got some more growing to do, yeah. chemistry to develop, all of that. You know what I'm saying? Because – I feel like Ham's going to put Westbrook in more cutting positions, slashing slash to the rim, that sort of thing. I yeah. think that's what we're going to see. 21 games. More of. 20, 20, 21, 21 games. Again. games so. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's a small sample you, size. You give him a little bit more time, I guess. Yeah. 40 games. Thank 40, you. 50 games thank you. There you. Yeah, thank you. See? I don't know. I, I'm, <laughs> if that lineup's going to do well, it's not going to be probably because of Russell Westbrook. It's going to be because Anthony so. Davis is better and LeBron's doing LeBron things, to I be quite so. honest. I hope so. Uh, finally. Word on the street. This isn't even word on the street. This is just a fact. Tenth, uh, Allen Iverson's birthday. It's his birthday week. Yep. Birthday was on Tuesday. Birthday week. We love AI. The guy, not only one of the best NBA players Bubba of Chuck. all time, had some super iconic moments, super fun guy, super cool. Step over. But I think the coolest part about Allen Iverson is he's one of the rare former players that loves the current generation of players and he That's, supports the current generation he, of players he he you don't see does. him going uh basketball was better back in my day <laughs> the 90s in the late 2000 early 2000s was the best basketball time no he's going up and saying even though that might be true that yeah, even though that might be true debatable fine that's fair but he's not saying that he's not like hurting the players in the game now yeah 
he's actually lifting him yeah, up. He, he loves these guys. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Just, yeah. just pooping on all the it's current great. players, especially players at their position. And yeah. he loves players he at does. that place, his position. Yeah. Oh, he loves John some Moran. Good. Yes. He loves Steph. Oh. It's, you know what I'm saying? it's the like, best. Yeah, so I'm all for it. What's your favorite moment, though, from AI? Favorite moment? Favorite moment? I mean, I, I posted this on Stadium's Twitter when him crossing over Michael Jordan. I thought okay. that I thought that was a really cool moment. Personally, yeah, I, was personally. At a, I was at a game at the United Center that he would play it at, and I had sort of courtside seats kind of by the tunnel, and he came out and shot around, came back into the tunnel, able to high-five him, and it was one of those, like, I'm never, never washing, washing my hands. <laughs> never, never cleaning his hand ever again. He said, hey, what's up to, like, this 10-year-old kid just sitting there in a Bulls jersey. Like, I thought that was super cool. That's awesome. Allen Iverson. I'm glad you remember that. Yeah. I think my favorite moment from the answer from Allen Iverson would probably be just his whole season from 2005 and 2006, that whole season. Because that season as a whole, people – Players were balling. You go look at those stats back then, bro. Yeah. Brown, Brown was like third in scoring. I think Kobe led the league in scoring at like thirty five point four a game. AI was second at six foot nothing. Was second in the league in scoring, averaging like thirty three a game. Remember the crossover he did on Antonio Daniels, where he crossed him once and he failed, and he crossed him again. Yeah. Like that's one of my favorite moments from Allen Iverson. Obviously, I know a lot of people like to step over, but one of my favorite step over cool. One of my favorite moments was when like he was balling, and then he had he introduced like the like the leg sleeves in a sense, where he was coming out with the leg sleeves all blue, all white, or black, and he obviously he was the first one with the with the sleeve because of the tattoos or whatever. And man, listen, he just he came out looking good, feel good, play good the whole nine. That season, two thousand five, two thousand six season, bro, was a stellar season for AI, and that's one of my favorite moments. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fun on the seventy sixers, obviously, but even his Nuggets run, like it was. I love the Nuggets run fun. too. Him and Melo, they was yeah. combining for like oh. fifty two a game with them two alone, and that's saying something uh, back then at that time too. Yeah. That's saying a lot. Ridiculous scoring defense. Non-existent, but the offense is really good. It's all good though. Mellow shooting, I out doing anything. It's all good though. We worry about defense later. Ain't that right, Gerald? There Carl? we go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Before we get to your game of the week, let's do game three predictions. Okay. The NBA Finals back in Boston, tied one-one. What are you expecting? What has to happen? What has to happen is the role players have to step up big for Boston. I think they do. Mm-hmm. I think pay. I think you get a, a quiet, solid game from a guy like Peyton Pritchard. If he gets the minutes, you may see him come out and shoot maybe two or three threes. You know what I'm saying? Get the crowd behind him. You know what I'm saying? That sort of thing. I need Tatum to play better. Slow it down. Good second half. He good needs a good second, second half. half. Brown to play downhill. I think Jalen Brown needs to play downhill. Yeah, be tight. aggressive. Just get the Warriors in foul trouble. That was one of the key elements in the first game that they won. They put those boys in foul trouble. Wardell had like four fouls. <laughs> he did. Yeah, you can put yeah, that team. If you can force Steph Curry to play defense. It changes the whole dynamic of the game. And then people had the nerve to put a clip up a Steph playing defense, talking about y'all don't see this good defense, bro. He guarding Peyton Pritchard and Derek White. It ain't like he guarding Tatum or Brown or somebody, Mark Smart or somebody. He guarding the bench players. Y'all finna sit here and tell me just because he, you know what I'm saying, he sliding his feet and standing in front of him, he playing good defense on those type of players? Yeah. Not the players he start out with playing against from the gate of the game, from tip-off? Get out of here. Yeah. No, I, I think the thing with the Celtics is they just have to it's so cliche, but they have to play their game. The defense is going to be there. But see, it's bad though. They cannot rush and they have to attack. 
they have that's to it. they have to attack. That's but, all they need. But this season, they said they've been shooting so many threes, like they kind of been they dying. Did. They've been kind of living and dying by it. Yes, uh, and so that that's but, what's kind of tough is, too. They live for the three. If they're going to live by the three, they have to attack. Because the way they do that is they attack with Tatum or Brown, one of the two, and the other stands on the three-point line. They have a better shot. They get an like open that. shot. Yeah, the defense collapses. Yeah. You can get the defense scrambling, and they can be really good at that. I mean, you look at game one. How did Al Horford get all those open threes? They scrambled the D. Yeah, you right. the ball. Drive they attacked. The but that's what I be saying. Yep, that first three might not be it. You know what I'm saying? That pump fake dribble drive that's going to collapse the defense, and now you got a three on the baseline. That's yeah. the shortest three. Knock it down if you're easy. Al Horford. That's true. It's a complicated game, but can be so simple. It's so simple. <laughs> That's sometimes. all I be saying. Like we just attack gotta, and kick. Just a couple passes, couple dribble drives. Yeah. We ain't got to be standing at three point line all the time. You may dribble drive, get a cutter, alley oop, Robert Williams. I'm just saying, it's more ways to score a basketball than shooting three point shots. Who wins? Who wins game three? Game three for me, since I said all the things right for the Celtics to win the game. I believe the Boston Celtics do win game three. And and we'll apply that pressure going into game four on the Warriors side for them to try to respond and tie it up going back to Golden State. There we go. I, I Yeah, Celtics win game three. I already bet a minus three and a half. Oh, you got the spread too? Yeah, I got the spread. I think, I mean, I think they can win by six or seven. I really do. And I think the Celtics, too, after a loss, are a better team. They they're, are. They're a they really absolutely good team after are. And a loss. Tatum plays better after a loss. So yeah. that's something you want to keep in mind for player props. Yeah. <laughs> look, look at Jason Tatum's over player props, over points, rebounds, and assists. Over rebounds, if it's still six and a half, he had a couple chances to get that seventh rebound, and he didn't. <laughs> and I think he gets it this time. So I do think the Celtics win back home after a loss. Their defense is going to carry them throughout the entire finals. But game three, their defense is going to be the reason I think that they win. They're going to turn it up to 100. And we saw what they did in the second half of game one. I think it'll be the same thing. Celtics probably win by five, six, I think, game three. Okay. You hoping it be tight? You hoping it be close and tight? Listen, I, I want it close and tight, but I also want the spread to hit for the Celtics. I take a blowout in favor of the Celtics. I'm just saying. <laughs> there we go. What is your game of the week? Game of the week. We got three games this week. Okay, three games. WNBA. Now, last week, game one. I know I picked the Warriors. I know I did. Then I picked the under. And they both didn't hit. <laughs> I'm aware of that. I know. Oh, no. And we currently sitting at 500. So we like one loss away from being below 500 for the first time. We can't have We're playing it. with fire here. We cannot have that. So you know lava. I'm going to take a different route, take a different pattern. We're going to go right back and detour to the WNBA lane. You know what I'm saying? We're going to do that Friday night. It's supposed to be a big slate on Friday for the WNBA. So make sure you get your bets in. You know what I'm saying? It's five games. That's 10 teams. It's only 12 teams in WNBA. So 10 of the 12 are going to be playing, so that's opportunity Big WNBA to, night. to get all your bets. And so for me, I like the Atlanta Dream to win. I like the, the uh, Mystics to cover because I know that spread's going to be pretty juicy. I would be surprised if that spreads anywhere from 7.5 to 9.5. Probably be a little juicy. I'm still going to go with it, though. And I like the Storm to win, too. So that's how I'm feeling this week for Love the it. game of the week. I'm taking three games, Seattle Storm over the Dallas Wings, the Atlanta Dream, to take care of business over the Mercury. And, yes, I know they got Diana Taurasi, and she be doing her thing. And Skylar Diggins is coming off like a 30-point game this week. I understand that. I feel that. I'm with y'all. But I still believe the dream handle it. They take care of business. They get it done. And then also that spread game with the Mystic, they've been playing outstanding. They're playing pretty good. Della Don, she's been doing her thing. You know what I'm saying? She got back from that back injury. She didn't play well since, you know what I'm saying, since she, uh, she's returned. So I like them as well with the spread. 
over the links. Links have been kind of falling off. They need to make that phone call and beg Maya Moore to come back. <laughs> they need to beg Maya Moore to get just her back to in the court. Take a break from being with her husband and just spend a little summer <laughs> with the links <laughs> so they can get back on top. But until that happens, I like the Mystics over the Minnesota Links. There we go. Let's stay above five hundred. That's Gotta all we want. That's all I'm trying to do. There we go. <laughs> and that's gonna conclude this edition of Points in the Pain podcast presented by Stadium. I'm Zach B, of course. That's my main man, Ben Wittenstein. You can follow us on our social handles, respectively, of course. Follow at Points Paint on Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel yeah. to see these lovely faces, see these videos. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Inside the association, Cam Smith. Sean Serrania, Pat Garrity, Three Man Weave, folks, inside the Association Show. You do not want to miss that every Thursday. My main man right here, dropping bets all time. Listen, I know the football season is approaching. It's in like a month, month and a half, give or take. And golf is set in stone right now, tennis, boxing, whatever. Nate Jacobson, Ben Winstein, they're giving you all the betting tips you need with sharp lessons, so you do not want to miss that. Hand in the dirt with Michael Felder. Ooh, they talking what? Plants and football? Man, that's listen, that's different right there. I like that. Michael Felder doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? We ain't seen him in a while, too, since he, you know what I'm saying, since the summer. We need to see Michael Felder. So if you want to see Michael Felder, that's the best way to do it. And you'll hear from us next week. Mm-hmm.